Intravenous 205 is here to support all Birmingham businesses and entrepreneurs. If you would like your business featured on Intravenous, please give us a call at 205-202-1602 or email us at intravenous205 at gmail.com. Kind of had a, a, a um, failure to launch a few minutes ago, trying to figure out all this technical stuff, and we're just gonna go with what we have and uh, see if we can't uh, figure it out along the way. Now, as always, we start off with a joke, okay. Mr. Crenshaw. All right, tell me a joke. I'm afraid. For the calendar. You're afraid for the calendar. Yeah, because his days are numbered. <laughs> We're coming with the dad jokes We're today. coming with the dad jokes Come today. Dad you jokes. know I love the dad jokes. All right. <laughs> Mr. Moore, tell me a joke. Oh, man. Let me see here. I got, a, I got one small and simple. Um, it starts with an E, ends with an E, but only has one letter inside. Starts with an E, ends with an E. Only one letter inside. I don't know what. I. An envelope. One letter inside. Oh, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, where's it going? Eric, what you got? My what first time got? telling a joke on Intravenous with Iva. Wow, really? It is. It's really? my first time telling a joke on Intravenous with Iva. All I do is spin records. So, what do you get if you crossbreed an elephant and a rhinoceros? Uh, I don't know. You got me on that one. Hell, if I know. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, what starts with a P ends with an E and has a million letters in between. Hmm. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know, Penny. I don't know. Postal service. Cha-ching. All right. Now, um, we are going to start this podcast with um, a story about one of our guests. Uh, well, actually, it isn't a story. It's, it's his story. And... Um, I, when we were talking about it before, I made him stop and say, you got to do this all over again for the podcast. So, uh, sir, this is for everyone, Mr. Dwayne Moore, Mr. Mark Crenshaw, and Eric Flowers joining us in the podcast today. And um, look at me, but tell your story, sir. And I'm going to put this to where people can see you. On the big screen. On the big screen. Yeah. Well, you know, a little bit about my story. Um, you know, coming up in a single-parent home, um, being raised by my grandmother and my mom. I didn't have many, you know, even though I had uncles and I had people in our community, 
But, you know, I always think back to what does that mirror look like when it relates to the reflection of where I'm trying to go successfully. And and I didn't I did not know just based off of uncles working in coal mines, uncles working in manufacturing industries. And that's that's what the future really kind of looked like for me. And so, you know, getting involved in athletics was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And, you know, as I quest to to play football, I always tell the story. There was a young man, Paul, and Paul Johnson was a good – ended up becoming my best friend. And so Paul Johnson always wanted to befriend me. You got a, you got a young man who's not playing. He's, he's kind of riding the bench, and then you got a guy that's, you know, proceeding to be All-American – and so one day, uh, Paul, he said, hey, you know, would you like to go to my house? And so I was thinking, like, no, nah, I don't want to go to your house. And so <laughs> I, I remember, and I was like, well, my mom told me that I would have to walk home from practice and walk back. I'm like, that's every bit about seven miles. So I'm like, this is the perfect day, Paul, for me to become your friend. And so <laughs> I remember. I remember. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I remember, you know, pulling up at. Paul House in the gated community. And I started thinking to myself, like, man, wow. And, you know, I'm like, man, where I'm from, gated community, that's like prison. That's, that's like, you know, that's like jailhouse. And so we get to Paul House, and I'm looking around like, man, like, you know, cathedral ceilings, you know, pool uh, back, you know. And so when the food got there, and I'm looking, I'm like, hey, man, what's the special occasion? Yeah. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, man, like, where I'm from, we eat, like, beans and meat out of a can. We don't get food like this to the holidays. And he's like, man, we eat like this every day. And I was like, what? And so yeah. I'm like, man, what do, you, what do your parents do? And that's, that, it, I really, it was almost like a vision cast for me because I'm like, man, this is how I want to live. Yeah. And so, you know, here it is now, his father, I'm asking his father, I'm like, hey, what do you do for a living? And, you know, what kind of business that you, because I'm, I'm just in the like, wow. Yeah. And yeah. so his father began to tell me, you know, what he did for a living. And, you know, so I remember asking Mr. Johnson, I said, I want to live like this. How can, I, how, can, how can I live like this? Yeah. And he said, son, he said, you got to be a good steward of your life. And so I just think back to he's the first person that, you know, helped me open a checking account up at 15 years old. Yeah. You know, he exposed me to like Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter, Raymond John at like 15 years old. And going back home, I'm thinking like, nah, I've never been exposed to something like and that. And what did you say about that checking account? Oh, never been touched. Never been touched. And so I understood what, you know, passive investing was. I understood mm -hmm. what mutuals was at that age. He, yeah. was, he was giving me those dynamics wow. of you're going to turn 40 one day. You're going to turn 50 one day. This is when you're going to be able to access this. And, you know, and, and, and of course, in my mind, I'm thinking like, wow, man, 15, man, 40, 50. That's a long ways from here. But one day I'm going to turn 40 and I'm going to turn 50 and I'm going to be set. And but so, they, we going to hold there. Mm -hmm. But now you develop this friendship and went on through high school, and then what happened? Went on through high school, and then, uh, got to college. Right. Got to college. Oh, and first start, where were you then? Because we're doing it a little different <laughs> yeah, than no, we no usually do. Yeah. So um, 
Dwayne is originally from San Diego. San so, Diego. And then you came here. Go That's ahead. right. Um, went to school at San Diego State. Uh, my, my bachelor's degree is in kinesiology science. Mm-hmm. Um, always wanted to be a doctor. And so, you know, understanding, uh, understood what kind of doctor I wanted to be. I wanted to be a physical therapist. Uh, but I wanted a specialty in, in biomechanics and motor skills because I wanted to deal with individuals from a rehabilitation standpoint of view who had had strokes. Yeah. And so neuro, neurologically, whenever you have a stroke, that's, that's a certain level on your cerebral cortex that will not receive energy. I mean, will not receive oxygen. And so what we do what we call biofeedback. And so you nearly, neurologically, you're opening those pathways back up for any kind of brain trauma. And so what I understood, this is going to be a long road for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at 10, 12 years of school. And so after, you know, finished out my undergrad, of course, we, we went to master's program, master's PT program at Cal Berkeley, finished the Cal Berkeley with my doctoral degree, and then moved to Birmingham, Alabama for UAB. Yeah, yeah. man. And we are blessed to have you here. Um now, of course, you all have already met Eric, and you have met Mark Crenshaw, yep. and of course, you know me. Now, um, I brought this uh, austere uh, group of young men here today to talk about uh, black men and politics in the state of Alabama, particularly in 2022. Um, on the lead-ups, I talked about where I stood politically. Um, and I want to go around the room and give everybody else the opportunity to, to do the same. Um, Mark, where, where, do you, where are you politically and what got you there? Okay, well... I'm going to go back just a little bit. Do that. I think that where I'm at now is where I was back in 1998 and mm. 2000. Mm-hmm. I think my former party kept moving left and left me where I was at. Wow. <laughs> so, so like now I would probably call myself right. Mm-hmm. But it's not by by me choosing to move right. It's because I'm pretty steadfast in what I think and the party I was in left me and went off a cliff going left. (laughs) I would love for you to talk about your dad and the minds and those men like that and and (laughs) expound on that a little bit. Okay, so so I grew up in Bessemer, Alabama. Uh, My father and both of my grandfathers were blue-collar workers. Dad worked in uh, Jim Walton. My his father worked at U.S. Steel. My mother's father worked at Pullman. Okay. And and in those places, all of the men had basically the same mentality. Mm-hmm. They're gonna work hard, earn every dollar they get, uh, be honest, honorable, and and just do it to take care of their family. Those men literally worked themselves to death to make sure that their family had what they needed. Right. Um, whether those men were white or black. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter in the situation, in those minds. And I think growing up with men who grew up that way, 
uh, we have that same mindset. I grew up with that same mindset, even though based on their sacrifice, I got much, much better opportunities mm-hmm. uh, based on what they was able to do for our families. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's an important factor right now because that that's like my North Star with my views. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it take for me to be a man like them? Because mm-hmm. I admired them so much. How how did they stand on their on their morals, mm-hmm. on their square, in the face of everything they was facing, mm-hmm. all of their adversity, culture changing? Because mm-hmm. those men was there in the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. We know what this country looked like in the fifties and in the seventies. It was drastically different. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't change. They were the constants for their family, and 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 based on them being that constant foundation, their children could grow and sprout in any direction they wanted to. That's the that's the model I want for my own children. Mm-hmm. But in that wavering, based on the whims of the culture, isn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. I believe, but I believe, mm-hmm. I believe it for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. It's for my family. And I'm not going to waver. And I think that when people change culture based on how they feel instead of what is, facts, uh, that's a problem for me. I always say facts over feelings. Gotcha. Yeah. Your turn, Mr. Eric. Do I need to? You got, oh, everybody can see me. <laughs> so I, I actually was listening to Mark, and I wanted to look and kind of give myself a test because I was looking at the 2022 Democrat platform, right? And I wanted to see how many of these boxes I check and I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, leading up to the presidential election of 2016, one of my favorite candidates was John Kasich. Uh, the, the reason I share that, that was my dude. That was your dude? <laughs> you was a Kasich fan, too. So the reason I share that is – and Ivan and I have discussed this, I've said this previously on the show, is I'm so against party loyalty, right? right. I, I, I am all about, all right, who who are the people, plural, people, not person, people that are going to help me and mine, and who do I know wants to harm me and mine and those who look like me and, look like me and believe like me. So mm-hmm. for me politically, what I have realized is that what we consider far left or a lot of what we consider far left in America is – Central or right down the middle, it's th- they are centrist views in a lot of European countries. So people talk about we, we've lagged behind. So I, I don't necessarily believe that I'm far left. I believe that I've been pushed far left. You know, I, I do believe in universal health care. Uh, when, when we talk about, you know, student loan forgiveness just because of the way the system has been set up, I believe in that. So, so for me, a lot of what I believe is going to aid not just myself, not just the people I care about, but America to grow and heal as a country politically have been labeled as far left beliefs. So I have to fall under that umbrella because that's where my beliefs fall. My man. And now we have Mr. Moore. Your turn, sir. Well, I will I will. I will say I will start with, you know, as, as growing up, you know, as a young man, I, I favored at that particular point far left. And the reason why, because, again, it, it was more or less influenced by my community. 
And uh, a lot at that point, I did not understand about political agenda. Mm. As I got older, I started to align myself what 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 would work for me and what will work for my family and my extended family. And so my morals at that particular point, it went more far right because those those values and those cores were more applicable for my life and what I was trying to do for my myself and my family and the people of my community. And so I, you know, I, I do agree that you know, you, you will have some some views on, on the left side and some views on the right side. And, and sometimes it makes you feel like you're right in the middle. But, you know, I, I will say now, you know, for the last 15 years of my life, you know, I've been far right. Really? That's interesting because um, I, um, you, when you, when we first started talking before the show and you said how you were always very different, I was actually thinking that it started very early on, but it, it well, had, go ahead. If, if I could just interject, you know, you, and, and you, I think you're right to that standpoint of view that the way I carried myself, even as a teenager, think, and, and I hate to put it this way, and I may be out of context when I say mm-hmm. it this way. So when I look at the community that I was raised in, and I look at that community, Mm-hmm. And now I look oh, I look at what transitioned me with mentorship. It started to align me to look a certain way. Uh-huh. So when I would go back to my community, I looked like what they call a square. I looked like an individual that, hey, what's going on with you? Yeah. Are you a sellout? Are you yeah. trying to act like them? And I'm like, no, I'm still a part of this community. Yeah. I, I just know where I'm going at this point. And, and for me, I wanted to control the trajectory of where I was going. And so I wanted my own independency, even at 15 years old. I, so, it, it, so if the answer to your point, yes, the, I aligned myself as a teenager, but still not having a thorough understanding of both parties. Gotcha. Um, so, let's dig right in. Right. Um, I feel as though um, the Democratic Party both here in the state of Alabama and nationally, um, I think that the platform has a... um, I, I feel that the platform is for the black woman. And it is explained or discussed as though it's for black people. Right. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said and that being established, and we've always, I won't say we, as if we've had a conversation, I've always felt, and there have been people with me who have always felt that black people as a whole should not be beholden to the Democratic Party. I am not, I'm not quite that far. Because I feel as though, you know, if you feel you're a Democrat, be a Democrat. If you feel you're a Republican, be, or whatever the case may be. But what I do feel, what I do believe is that black men in particular have an opportunity to establish our platform and then say, okay, now who wants our vote? 
Completely agree. Completely. You know what I'm saying? Or at you know at least you know at at, at least not being independent. How we were talking a minute ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that staunch loyalty. You know where do you think that is right now? Okay, brother? so. I'm going to give you, you know how I am about statistics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to give. I want the statistics. So I, I'm go, I, this was 91 or 2. I, I saw it and bookmarked it in my brain. So we all know, who, or a lot of us know who David Duke is, um, former Klansman. probably still a Klansman, you know, Grand Wizard, all that stuff. Yeah, he ain't changed. You no, know, he has not changed. But, the, but, but trust me, this, this inroad will make sense to you guys of what I'm about to say. So. This lady was talking to a historian I follow named Michael Harriet. They were going back and forth, and she was saying, "I can't stand him." <laughs> I knew you was gonna say that. <laughs> so they were going back and forth, and she said she was happy. It was ninety one, ninety two that in that go, uh, gubernatorial election that people turned out to vote down David Duke, and he was like, "Nah, you're just remembering it wrong." And the percentage of uh, white women that voted for David Duke was fifty five percent. Now, now, Keegan, I want you to hold that number. Does anybody know why fifty five percent specifically is relevant to modern day with white women? Do you know? Do you know why? No, why? It's fifty five percent, and it was fifty three percent in this 2016, 2020 voted for Trump. So, so thinking through this for me, I, I agree with you. I don't think anyone. Anyone should be beholden to any political party, right? Because then you are guaranteed guarantee them votes based off what you look like. So at that point, I don't really have to care about what you need or what you want because you're going to vote for me because you look like this. Right. So, and, and that's a problem across every spectrum. Where, where I fall with the thought process is this. The number of white men and women, if we're looking at statistics, that are going to vote Republican. And then you're saying that... Black men, we need to create our own platform, right? Therefore, therefore, pulling a lot of votes from the Democratic Party if they if they don't fight for and earn our vote. Where where, where I have trouble following you on this idea is that the number of votes lost for people that are probably going to at, at least not harm me, if not possibly help me, is going to aid and abet the people that I know on a national level and a lot of them on an Alabama level want to harm me. That's 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 where I fall there. What do you mean by harm? Hold on. Oh, okay. Hold on. I want, I want Dwayne to jump in. Um, you had a funny... Uh, you you posed some questions. Do you think this? Do you think this? Well, it sounds like this to me. I think that'd be a this would be a good time to to play that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and listening to what you had to say, and listening to what you had to say, you know, the first thing came across my mind was two things. Uh, one, I do understand. I, I I remember an experience back when um, former President Barack Obama was was running for president. And he had his first uh, campaign was launched under Yes We Can, and so I remember me and some friends were sitting in the restaurant, and you know our waitress was talking to us, and you know you know we just everybody kind of gets to like know their waitress, right? Mm. So you know we're asking like you know you know what's going on? What tell me a couple of things about yourself? And so this young lady was saying you know hey I'm working two jobs, and the reason why I'm here because I need more tip money. You know she's telling me now remind you this is a Caucasian girl. So she's telling us, she's like, hey, yeah, like, you know, I'm struggling bad. I'm a single mom. And so one of my black brothers was like, yes, we can. And she's like, ugh. She's like, are you serious? And he was like, 
you understand that you, you, you're going to vote on the other side that's probably going to hurt you. And so, again, going back to my original statement, you have to see how from that from that political agenda, you know, that platform and what they're running for. How does that really benefit you? Because at the end of the day in America, everybody's about them and their household. Right. So this young girl did not understand how former President Barack Obama campaign and his administration would benefit her. She overlooked that based off her parents, who was far right. And so I will say, okay, going back to um, your point uh, about on the national level and state level, I, I, I do I do understand what you're saying, and I will propose a question. And, 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 and I think a lot of times, you know, uh, this question always comes to me. Okay, so you got a mom. And you got siblings. Are, are they Democrats? Or are they Republicans? And I'm like, okay. My my siblings and my mom, unfortunately, they have not been exposed to what I've been exposed to. They're not set financially, and they don't live the way I live. And so that puts them in a position to where they're looking for how things will benefit them that meets their needs. Whereas now. If you say, okay, and, and I guess this is the question I'm trying to propose. So if you take someone that was far, far left, and now if, if let's just say they become independent and they start to grow professionally and personally, and so now they get to a place where they're going to be concerned about as they making this kind of money and they're benefiting their family, okay, what type of tax brackets? Like how much am I losing to this, to Social Security, to retire? So now that's going to become a concern on where this money that I'm making now is going. So you you have an individual that, 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 hey, you know, I was far left because at some point in my life, I was relying on, you know, what government benefits from a national and state level that would benefit me. Now I'm here. Well, do I stay here? Do I, do I, do I stay with this party or do I go here? Well, now I'm concerned about where my money is going. Go ahead. Okay. We just ended. Okay. Y'all making... Great points, and I think you are answering his question indirectly. Um, with the, the uh, young lady back in 1991, 93, her still wanting, well, white women still voting for uh, David Duke. It's because they, in their culture, understand who is the breadwinner, and they won't separate from who's going to take care of them which is their men. So wherever they vote, I'm sorry, he votes, they vote. Mm. In the black, we were honestly raised in a, uh, in a uh, matriarchy. So like it, it, it is set up differently. Mm, That's the issue. That. That's the issue with black men right now. And why the left struggles identifying and speaking to them in their language, because most Men see themselves, specifically black men, specifically in the South, meaning they are a, a, a lot more old-fashioned, see themselves as a old-school man. I'm going to pay the bills. I'm going to take care of my family. And in order to do that successfully, I'm going to need resources. Which party puts more resources in my pocket? That's how I think either party should be speaking to black men. 
All right. Well, yeah. everybody, all y'all pussyfooting around to me, right? <laughs> except, for, except for Eric. Um, Thank you. We're we're walking into the midterms, okay? Mm-hmm. And let's let's um, look at ourselves specifically, right? What what's the number one issue out there right now? The economy, mm-hmm. absolutely. Not, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's what, fair. That is all fair. All right. So. If the economy is your issue, right, and I'm going to just go around the room, Mm -hmm. were you doing better financially under former President Trump or current President Joe Biden? Let me go first. Please let me go go first because my 401K. So (laughs) I rolled, not rolled. A 401k account when I left my previous life before I was at Cree 63. Shout out to Daniel Hines at Cree 63. Like how I did that, don't you? Yeah. Um, $26,000 was in that account mm-hmm. with Trump. Mm-hmm. When I looked at it back in May of this year, mm-hmm. where do you think it was down? I will tell you it was down. Down from 26000 20 Lower. Lower. I'd say half. 14 yeah. So almost half. Yeah. Yeah. Almost half. Now, me, I'm almost 40. I should have known better. I knew how to move that money around. I just did. Mm-hmm. Now, now, so that answered your question, but I have to say this because I, w- I wouldn't have known this, and I, I like to tell people what I wouldn't have known just a few years ago. A lot of that is not on Biden. So when you look, when, when you look at specific policies, right, because this has been the, I, the tradition since 1976, mm-hmm. we have four years of a Democratic president undoing the shit that eight years of a Republican president did. And then in the midterms, the Democrats lose the House and the Senate. So they don't typically get any legislation passed, and they don't get any SCOTUS picks if there's SCOTUS seats coming up. Mm-hmm. At the end of that four years, what typically happens? You get another eight years of a Republican president. Uh, Bill Clinton and Barack were the exceptions. Yeah. And, then they, they, and then they fuck up the economy for eight years, and then we roll this cycle again since 1976. So to answer your question, I was doing better under under Trump from a 401k standpoint, but I understood the policies he enacted, specifically, quote unquote, his tax cut, what the long term effects were actually going to be. To give you an example, people did see their paychecks go up in the middle class for two years. Now, if you look ahead to 2025, 26, and I think 24 is when it first starts to enact those paycheck uh, increases are going to go back level and start to drop. So you're losing money as a middle class because it was a tax cut for the wealthy if you want a specific. All right. So since you jumped out first, <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay. Back to a previous comment. How did the Trump administration hurt you? Okay. So for, for me specifically, mm-hmm. his rhetoric and behavior – and the policies he was asking local officials to push. Such as? COVID-19. I'm going to give you a specific. So we're talking about the COVID-19 pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. People close to me listened to what he was saying that was opposite of your um, subject matter experts, to give you a nerd term, such as Dr. Fauci. Mm -hmm. And therefore, whether it was, you know, not wanting to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I ask you, how did he hurt you? Okay. What it's policy, okay to say he didn't. What okay, policies, I mean, he, 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 what policies okay. hurt you? 
Me specifically? I can, mm-hmm. say, I can say he didn't. That's fair. Because I knew what to do. <laughs> <laughs> now, where, where I'm taking this is I want everybody to ask themselves, how have conservative policies hurt you? Not the rhetoric. Hurt you right. specifically, personally. Now, if I were to if I were to put myself in someone else's shoes, sure, I can easily say, well, he hurt them, he hurt them, such, 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 such. But they're not my audience. As far as my audience is concerned, how has he hurt you? Okay. What has okay. he done to hurt you? Well, my answer off the top of my head is I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but but after everybody speaks, I want to I want to. No, go go ahead. Okay, go ahead. so this is. And if anybody wants to jump y'all, in, y'all, please, y'all jump in. Yeah. Y'all well, jump no, in. And, and, and just before you go to hold that thought, but I you know, and I like what you just said because it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, how does it impact you? So, so are we not as black men, and I'm talking about a high majority, you're leaning towards a party that's really not benefiting you at all. So, and, and, and if I were to insert ahead, a comment that you said, Mark, in the fact that we are a matriarchal society. If you look at that fact and if you look at the platform of the Democratic Party, then you have to say, okay. Well, as it relates to issue after issue after issue, we're told that it's for black people. True. But but truly, it is for black women. And the other part of this is because they are leveraging black women to build their strategies, build their agendas, sure. uh, black women learned how to interact with black men from their mothers. They don't talk to us. They talk at us. Well, and I as in, I, well, I'm gonna say no, that. Well, and 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 you can, but I'm gonna say that, and you can. But what I'm saying is, is this: I want us to look at um, what can't be argued. I agree. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I want to look at that which is, you know, uh, somebody else could walk in the room and just argue that down, argue that down, argue that down. But what they can't argue. Is that and let's just go down the list as it mm-hmm. relates to guns, right? Mm-hmm. What is your position on guns and why? Uh, I have a few guns. I am definitely pro Second Amendment, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because if I don't have a gun, mm-hmm. if I don't have that right, two things could happen. One, I can't keep my family safe. That's always paramount. And then number two, if I let someone take a right away from me, mm-hmm. it's going to impact my children later. It's a reason why this country allows. But what about machine guns and all that kind of stuff? We need to have those too. We do. It is a reason why this country has a second amendment. What about 30 guns? Like we one, need- one person having 40 guns. We need them. All right. Where are you on that? Well, and that was actually, believe it or not, I, that was one of the topics that, you know, I had circled defending our Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, 
I'm, that that is a, a particular gray area for me, uh, and I do agree that if you know if you start with something small, it just grows to something bigger. Mm-hmm. And if you take my Second Amendment right, then what's next? Mm-hmm. And so you know, I'm on a path to trailblaze for my family that's coming behind me. Right. And so I'm very concerned about my son and my grandkids. Now, do I think that there needs to be a regulation? Yes, I think there needs to be a regulation. Matter of fact, we're not trying to pub it, but you know, my foundation here in the inner city, we doing a gun shooting event on Friday at Selwood. And the name of that event is called Shooting for the Right Reasons. Man, pub it. Yeah. So shooting for the right reason. Um, you know, we take care of a lot of underserved kids in the in the Jefferson County community. We're partnered with some schools uh to take some families out for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we brought together 75 men on Friday that's going to take kids out to shoot rifles and shotguns, but we're shooting for the right reason. And and and, and really the protocol behind that is it's to show our youth that you can use a gun, but you got to use it for the right reasons. And so I will go back. Do I do I really need a gun for protection? I don't, I don't think I need a gun for protection. I mean, I, I really don't. Um, will I say someone else need a gun for protection? If that's what they feel going to protect them from danger. But the, my, the most important piece for me is standing on what my rights are in this country. Right. All right. Where are you on guns? I am a gun owner. I own one, one single firearm. My best friend, I ain't going to put your business out there like that. Never mind. But he he is also a gun owner. So for, for me, I think about the intent of the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. And, you know, back then we, they were talking about muskets that took five minutes to reload. So you were saying machine guns, 30 guns. So I'm going to break it down. Gun control didn't become such a huge thing, right? It, when, when they were talking about the black community until what? When the Black Panthers and White showed up with the machine guns. Now y'all want to talk about controlling and guns. And that's why I want us to have guns. Right, 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 right. So so, so, yeah, so yeah. you and I actually see eye to yeah. eye on this because yeah. y'all didn't want black folks to have guns because we understood, well, they, they can own guns. I can own guns as well. Mm-hmm. I do think we've hit a point in society where we can talk about sensible gun control. I do not want to see any more babies slaughtered in school shootings, right? So we, th- th- there is sensible gun reform legislation that can exist, but I do not want that to hinder my ability to have a weapon or a few weapons in my home if I feel the need to have them to, to protect myself. We're talking about you know the, the, the red flag laws that, that, that are sitting in legislation that can't make it through the House. We're talking about uh, mental, mental health laws. We're talking about people that ha- have been arrested and or convicted for, for abuse and crimes that, that, that are felonies that, that, that are physically related, whether they are, they are to the opposite sex or, you know, if it's just a simple felony. So, so for me, gun legislation, gun control legislation is sitting in, in, in a vortex that could aid certain areas such as, you know, like I said, school shootings, mass shootings and so forth when we're talking about high-powered rifles um, with with high-powered or high-capacity magazines, but I do not want it. I do not want it to, to 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 see it get to the point where it's like, well, okay, nobody can have guns. Let me going. You had before you move. Before you move, I don't know if you're oh, staying I'm not on this moving. Okay, Go ahead. but I, I definitely want to interject. I mean, I think about two most dangerous times in our country: um, Oklahoma bombing and 9/11. So I feel like if someone wants to do someone harm. It's on. It's you don't have to have a gun. 
Yeah, we're going to take all the kitchen knives out because we have just as many stabs. Hey, man, that's a straw let man me, argument. Hey, hold on. Hold on. That is a straw wait, man wait, argument. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let, me, let me throw something out there, right? All right, when I first went around the room, let me show you what's so interesting. All right, the one who declared very conservative is actually against guns. He's just not against having his rights reduced. You, who happen to be... <laughs> The left is very pro-gun. I'm, I'm, so where I'm going with this is, how does the NRA and or anyone else hurt you as a black man? When did I say they did? No, you <laughs> said the policies are hurting you. We were talking about being on the left versus mm-hmm. the right. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, the people that are on the right, they're here to hurt me. Okay. And and I'm I'm going I got you. You know, I got you. Issue by issue. So so specifically to answer your question, because you know me well enough to know I have to sit and think and formulate my thoughts. Sure. So when I talk about harming me, mm-hmm. rhetoric does result in action. It does. And, 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 and I will give you some basic. Hold on, time out. As you answer, we're talking about you. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. putting yourself in anybody's shoes, but you. Okay, that, which is fair, which is fair. Rhetoric does result in action. I mentioned school shootings and mass shootings. If you look at... You, you ain't in school. Ain't no mass shooter coming. You here again. I'm, I want you to be specific because okay. because remember what we're talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking to and for black men, right? And how is it hurting you? You okay? So mm-hmm. again, no, I'm not in school. But when 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 we talk about rhetoric, and to get to my point, when when I say rhetoric leads to action. Right. And to make it succinct, the things that people hear lead to to what they want to research and believe. The things that people research. Right. Is a lot of times leading to 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 far right policies, publications and politicians that are dog whistling at them. And who who are they dog whistling at this fucking with you? Right. You, so, 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 you. To, so to answer your question. So to answer your question. Have I been shot at by, by someone that's a far right extremist? No, but I understand. I'm not. I, oh. Hold on. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. And that's what I'm saying here. I don't. I don't need anyone in this room to put themselves in anybody else's shoes. I'm talking to you. Who has done anything to you? Just because nobody has done anything to me doesn't mean I am in. Mo- I am not in more more danger by the policies and rhetoric and that they are enacting. Okay, enacted. now let me let me let me tell you where you're wrong. I have not seen any redneck honky tonk white boy <laughs> honky whatever. Right? I've never seen one yell nigga at me when I'm dressed like this. I've never seen one yelling nigga at you when you walk into or from work. I've never yet seen a, somebody call you out your name if you are following the law and this and the other. Let's keep it real. I dare to say I say more slurs than most of my white friends. And most of us do the same. Let's keep it 100. We call each other nigga all day long. True. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Bitches, hoes, it's all in our music. 
And so my point is, yes, we are able to put ourselves in other people's shoes and understand, yes, I can do that as well. But those people ain't putting themselves in our shoes when they go vote, do they? Are, are they thinking of themselves, hmm, I wonder what my black friend Demetrius is thinking. Hell no. Hey, man. Go ahead. True. I think that the left party has done a great job of making people sympathize to the point that they change how they view themselves. Because... Many of the things that they talk about is hope and aspirational. None of it is actually tangible. They even got something called my truth, which is their way of subverting the actual facts on the ground. My truth is this. No. What I think it? both of them yeah. do a good my yeah. truth yeah. and I hate you know, that shit. Um, alternative <laughs> facts and all Yo, that. Yeah. Go ahead. But I think like those things help to cloud the conversations enough where they can have someone thinking that, hey, this is a good policy for me to do for others. I'm the guy I'm the guy in here right now. I have a daughter who's in school. She's 13. So the whole school shooter thing, it affects me because my daughter is in school right now. I think that even though that could happen, that that's a possibility. It still isn't enough to make me say don't give people guns. Right, and I'm and, and, and just either because because if I hear about someone shooting at my daughter's school, daddy's coming. I hear you, but now going back to what we're saying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, let's. I think we can bring that to a close, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As far as gun issues, black men are all over the place. I I I, I just want to summarize it. I feel as though black men are all over the place. I agree with and, that, and and some are. P- pro-Second Amendment, some are, you know, certain laws need to be put in place, you know, there needs to be some temperament there. But here again, all I'm saying here is that the views of the right, so to speak, aren't assaulting you, they're not against you. If anything, I may, I'm willing to go even farther, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I won't temper my words. I know that there are a whole bunch of white folk with bad intentions and big guns. And I want to be sure that my brothers and sisters have just as many big guns, just mm-hmm. as, as the same rights that we, that we have to uh, yield to. I want to empower us. So, yeah, I'm more like you. I don't want any of my rights taken away I, because what ends up happening is if you back, if you start stripping away rights, in my opinion, you start stripping away those rights that help. I'm sorry. You strip, a right, strip away the rights of people that you don't like. Right. You don't. You take away those th- the parts of it that you don't like, and you and you use the rest for yourself. I I don't like that. So I think that we need to shoot for the right reasons. That's right. I think that we need to educate ourselves on guns. You know, I, we we laugh when we see the caricatures, but. It's real, right? Mm-hmm. It's people out here shooting, and, and they shoot everything but the person they, they mean yeah, to shoot at. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I believe that if—I won't go there. But you said—you you did you have some? 
All right, let's move on to the next. <laughs> let's move on to the next issue. The the second most talked about issue is the right um, to how how what's the the abortion issue? The I right mean, right to choose. Right to choose. That's what I'm trying to say on on issues of, of right to choose. You want to go first? You went first last uh-huh, time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You went. I can't go first this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go on on that one. Um, where are you on the right to choose? Well, and, and, and again, this this is another gray area, mm-hmm. and, and I think where this gray area becomes, you know, uh, Monk was raised up in a in a Christian household, mm-hmm. and being raised up in a Christian household, you know, the the, the biblical principle values of "Thou shall not kill," and so you know, when 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 I when I look at that, and now I look at an organization that I'm near that's near and dear to me, it's called Kids to Love. And so Kids of Love uh, take care of foster kids in the state of Alabama. So now we got the Wade versus Roe. So what happens when these kids are born from a mom that really didn't want this kid? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you look at, okay, now we got another kid that's about to go through the system. And when I look at the percentages, the number is high. Kids that are aging out of foster care, eighty percent of them become either drug addicts, prostitutes, or go to prison. Mm-hmm. So, forcing a mom to keep a baby, it, it becomes a great area. And 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 again, this kind of puts me in that category of of how do certain things align with me. And I think we all can admit that you know there are some policies on the far right, there are some policies on the far, far left. That you say, okay, I'm kind of in between here, and so for me, you know, just just from a, from from a Christian value, my beliefs are not to kill a baby, mm-hmm. sir. Okay, on this issue, I'm actually dead in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that women should have a right to choose. Mm-hmm. I do. On the other hand, I also understand. That you can't you can't be subjective in in how you want to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by that. There are it's a stat right now that like women can't get enough sperm donors from black men because they just ain't going no more. So like on one hand, there aren't mass supply here. On the other hand, they're like we want to have whatever choice we want to with our bodies. Totally get it. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth with me. I don't want to hear someone say, I want to build a black nation, blah, 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 while you out here putting Elmwood Cemetery in the in the abortion clinic. I mean, you, you can't be out here serial killing babies and then out of that same mouth say, I care about black people and, and black kids. So, like, I'm in the middle on that. Here. So, it's actually crystal clear for me, and I, I'm not in the middle on this at all. If someone started, well, not someone, if a woman, and we're speaking politically, if I saw this cabal of women politicians trying to tell me what to do with my dick and what my dick can and can't do, fuck you, because you don't have a dick, so you really don't understand what it's like to be a man. So, for me... 
I, I tend to defer to what women are saying around this only because I, I will never what, understand what it is to go through a menstrual cycle, to be pregnant, to give birth. And the statistics tell you in large swaths that abortion is not about I'm pregnant and I, I, I don't, I don't want to have a baby. It, it, a lot of it comes down to medical reasons. Right? That's a lie. Who, where oh. did you get it? No, 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 it's not. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, because, well, pull it up. I, I will. I yeah, will. I will. Hold, hold on. Rape. We're talking about rape, incest, medical reasons, right? So I, I, I would ultimately, yes, I want women to choose, and it, I, I do not agree if a woman gets pregnant and just, oh, I just want to abort the baby because I don't feel like having a baby. I, I don't like that, but, 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 but for me. I can never understand the depth behind it. So I believe in a woman's right to, to choose, period. All right, go try to I'm gonna pull that up. it. Yep, yep. What doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me go around the room here. It was interesting that you said, you know, um, you don't think that it's right for a woman to raise a baby that they don't want. And mind you, nobody said they have to raise it. They said, you have to have it. They said, don't kill it. So I'm here again, and, and what I'm about to do is I'm about to point out here again where we are putting ourselves in other people's shoes yeah. mm-hmm. and not necessarily thinking, what, 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 how does this apply to me, right? So as it relates to that, and we're talking about foster children and all, that, all of that kind of stuff, um, I would just submit as a as a as, as a response to that. Um, we point out the worst case scenarios that jump out in our head, mm-hmm. just like Eric is trying to do. That don't exist. Everybody's talking about um, raping in the in the case of um, incest, rape, uh, in cases of. Um, illness to the mother, we're talking about the outliers as as if it's every day, right? When the truth of the matter is something around between 40 to 50% of all abortions are for birth control. Tell me where I'm wrong, boss. What you reading over there? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, when I made the comment, I was not saying that the, the, um, these things don't happen and, and that they're not important. What I'm saying is we, we allow that fear factor to jump at us and, and tell us, you know, oh, this that, and the other one. We're not really looking at numbers. Now, to Eric, I, I get where you're coming from. That is a, a position that I somewhat do simply empathize with. Okay. However, I'm not able to empathize because I don't have a choice. Okay? Now, if I go out, no, I, I talked about this in, in a previous uh, um, um, podcast, so I'm going to make it very clear. Uh, when I was about 28 years old, and four, I won't say four, I, I got a young lady pregnant. Unfortunately, she did not want that child. I didn't have a chance to say, okay, well, have the baby and, you know, I'll raise the baby. I didn't have that choice, all right? So here again, we're out here fighting. 
we fighting for these women to have a choice, but you leaving your brother to the wayside who wanted to have that child, who wanted to raise that child. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about, oh, that's not that's not the same. That's not the same. OK, then let's separate those laws. Completely if it's right. your choice, it's your baby. And no, he if it's our for. choice, it's our baby. But I just I don't I don't think that you can continue to argue at me about choice when I don't have one. Here again, going back to the the where we started about what's hurting you yeah. versus what you've been caused to be sympathetic for. That issue is not yours, sir. Right. That is your mother's issue, your sister's issue, your niece, your auntie, and and we should love them and sympathize. But am I going to vote? Am I going to make a life decision for my pocketbook and my family's pocketbook based off of your feelings? Yes, sir. Go ahead. So to answer your question, because you wanted a specific. In 2018, 4% of abortions were because of physical health problems or reason. The larger percentage, 23 and 25%, 23% being I can't afford a child, and 25% mean I'm not ready for a child, if you wanted the specifics. Right. And you add those together? Yeah, and you gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I can do math, thank you. And, and, and so here again, here again, am, am I trying to... No, I won't say here again. Let me insert this comment. Am I trying to turn ourselves away from black women? No. But what I am saying is, black man, you have things to vote for. You have things to fight for. For yourself. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So now, let's look at it this way. All right? Let's, are there any other issues that we want to talk about as far as what's on the table right now as these midterms? Because most people are, are, you know, even though it's not here in the state of Alabama, it's pretty much, you know, known what's going to be known, right? Mm-hmm. But nationally, they're talking about... Um, um, Student loan forgiveness. That's oh, a that's one. a really good one. That's now, good. where are you on student... No, you start. <laughs> where are you on student loan forgiveness? I'm for it. Okay. I am. And the reason why I'm for it is because I think that this government did a fantastic job back in the 80s and 90s of man, propagating a lie about college. Mm-hmm. I think that they misled a lot of people who should not have ever went to college into going to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, just think about how many people have a degree they don't use with the debt associated with it. At the same time in the 80s, what did they do in the high schools? Vocationally. They snatched them out. So they gave them no option. So for me, it's just them paying reparations for that foolishness <laughs> they did back in the 80s <laughs> with the student loans. I mean, yeah, with the student loans and the whole be in college, go to college, when the majority of people aren't college ready and, to be honest, should have never been. Not to uh, 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 mention... 
blue collar jobs, we are struggling filling those roles because we spent decades telling young well, boys. Hold on, that's a different situation. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's He's not. talking about student loan forgiveness. Yeah, I know. We're, we're talking issue by issue about what they. I understand what you're saying, yeah. but they're related. But now, where are you on that? On the student loan forgiveness. Student loan forgiveness. Um, I, I. This is what I would say. If you graduate college, then I think there should be an opportunity for your loan to be forgiven. But I think that the financial aid system has been tanked from individuals that start school and don't finish school. And they, they, they're keeping that debt because technically first semester you allocated subsidized, unsubsidized funding with a Pell Grant. So Pell Grant don't have to be paid back, but subsidized, unsubsidized funding has to be paid back. These kids can go to school 30 days of the first semester and their financial aid drops. So how much of that money is being misused if you dropped out of school within the first 90 days? Because statistically, and I don't know those statistics, but I can find them, there are universities that are struggling because those checks are awarded to the kid, not to the university. Those checks are awarded in the name of the kid that gets the opportunity to go cash that check and not pay the institution. So if you want to take $12,000 a year, you get you can get well, no matter fact, $24,000 a year. You can get up to $12,000 per semester unsubsidized and subsidized lending. So if you want to take well, let's well we'll look at the twelve thousand because the twenty four thousand you got to stay in school the whole year. These kids are dropping out of school within the first ninety days after those financial aid checks has been has been dropped pulled down. So you're saying that you believe in paying that off as a as a result of what is happening to the school. Absolutely. If, if those funds are misused, mm. it, I, I'm, I'm not against, you know, assisting, you know, when it relates to. Now let me hold on. Let me clarify. What I what I'm talking about is eliminating student debt, which means the, the schools aren't going to get an extra check. It's, it's eliminating debt. So that's what I'm saying. To So as far as that question is concerned, where are you? No, I, I, I'm, a, I'm against. I'm, I'm against. I'm against loan forgiveness for college. Okay, sir. Forgive Mr. all that shit. <laughs> so, so for, you know, I gotta, I gotta make my jokes. Here's why. All I heard growing up, and for me, it wasn't a matter uh, of being a bad student. I was always a good student, and so not just me, but everyone around me. But you want me to talk about me specifically? All I was ever told is you got to get good grades. You got to go to college. That's how you get a good job. And ultimately, that that is proven for me and so many around me not to be true. Now, I, I, obviously, I, I can point out specific examples where it has proven to be true. Here's where I think there's a failure in the system and the reason why I am for the forgiveness. The the, the lending to me was predatory. And mm -hmm. why do I say it, w it, it was predatory? I agree partially. I think it was you, Mark, that said there were people in school that didn't even need to have their asses in school. Mm -hmm. and, and I agree with that so hard. Now, what's so funny is most of them that I'm referring to 
of all kinds of backgrounds have a four-year degree. I, I did not see what you said, that it was people coming for a semester or 30 days and dropping out. I ain't see a whole lot of that, homie. I, I, I can name over the course of four years of undergrad education, two years of, of, of uh, graduate degree, I can name like three people that I saw that with, just off the top of my head, out of the thousands. So for me, the reason I say it was predatory is because you're talking about the majority of middle-class people with the rising cost of upper education that mom and dad cannot afford to pay for that. So the only way was to get a student loan, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when you're telling the middle class that – they have to go and get an undergraduate degree minimum to get a good job. And as I started to get into the undergrad, you started telling us, okay, well, now you actually need at least a master's degree to make reason- a reasonable amount of money. It was it was a, a predatory system mm-hmm. propagated by, yes, pulling pull the, uh, the vocational courses out of middle and high – it wasn't just high school, middle and high mm-hmm. schools. So people didn't see that there was a benefit to being a carpenter, a plumber, an electrician. These are people just vocationally with a vocational education make $100,000 a year, right? Mm-hmm. And so – so for 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 me, when you, you look at the way the system was set up, the way the the education system, as you said, we're we're pulling the vocation vocational courses out of middle and high schools, so we're not giving them an option. That to me was very predatory because we gonna make y'all go this way, and we know y'all got to take these loans out. And the other piece of that, uh, I'm sorry, uh, is we giving sixty thousand dollar loan to an eighteen. 18- you old kid with no financial literacy. <laughs> you can't get a house at 18 or that loan to go start a business. They was, it's basically a payday loan. It is. It, you know, it was predatory. And had yeah. I known had I known at 18, because no, nobody told me. Yeah. Nobody told me. It was just, you got to have this money to, to, to go get an education. Right? Had I known, I would have been like, all right, there's there's got to be a better way to do this. And I would have educated myself. More people would have educated themselves versus, well, this is what you told me I got to do. Because mm-hmm. a child is going to do in a lot of ways. You said this was the path, so that's where I'm going. Right. Can, can I interject just for a second, sure. please? It, and, and it, it kind of pushed, to me, it kind of puts you back into a community of what are you exposed to? Um, I go speak at a lot of different schools and, you know, going to speak to some schools, you know, I don't want to call any names, but, you know, you can talk to a vast majority of students and you start talking to them about what's next for them. And some of these kids, most of them don't know. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that answer, I want to be a criminal defense attorney. Do you know what it takes? You don't even know what it takes. And then I can go over the mountain and these kids understand what, what's next for me. What does it take? What school do I need to go to? What is it going to cost me? Mm-hmm. So now, going back to communities. So who's at fault when we're not being exposed? When we're not being exposed, why is it that we have a group? Well, we make and say, okay, you don't have to take out a student loan because your parents are wealthy? Or was your GPA high enough the way you got an academic scholarship? Let me, let me throw one. I want to throw two things in here. The first of is the most glaring, yet the most the one that nobody noticed. This is the first issue we talked about that actually affects us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the out of all this time, this is the first issue that you can say, you know what? 
whether they write these loans off or not impacts my household. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And where I'm going with this is we finally found a platform, gentlemen. We finally found one thing <laughs> to fight for. The rest of this shit ain't got nothing to do with us. And so we are spending our political capital on three, four issues that don't mean nothing to us when we can come together on one yeah. and really make a yeah. difference. Yeah. Now, we, I want us to keep going. That's kind of where things yeah. were, I wanted yeah. them to end. I want us to see. I want us to acknowledge. I want to point out that we as black men are spending our political capital each and every political cycle on issues that mean nothing to us, have nothing to do with us. We we are we are the 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 byproducts and sometimes the victims of these things that we issue um, that we the issues that we're fighting for. Mm -hmm. We have got to start getting together and saying, brother, black man, these are our issues. This is where and, and now to go to your point, this is where government can make a difference. I don't want government coming in, in, in my house telling me what I can say and do. Completely. I don't want government coming in my house telling me I can have a gun or I can't have a gun. I don't want government coming in my house telling me, you know, if, if we were to um, um, go back to the, um, the abortion issue, what, right to life issue. Um, I personally look at it differently than even I said earlier. I said that to be pr provocative, of course. But I actually look at right to life as a state's issue. I personally don't want someone from Los Angeles with a complete different set of values, raised different, don't, you know, I'm not, I don't knock anybody's religion. Please don't read into this but I as a as a Christian don't want my values to infringe upon your Muslim values and I don't want your Jewish values to impede my Christian I want us all to have our freedoms and our values and you cannot you cannot argue that regionally statewide a lot of us have a lot of similarities, right? And so I think that when it comes to some things, abortion being one of them, look, if you want to do that, go live there. Hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. States' rights. States' rights is such a buzz term for me. That's why I said. I, I I knew what she was doing because I was like he's doing this to piss me off. I almost wanted to go hide over there because I was like he's doing this because he know I'm gonna get mad, mm -hmm. right? So when we talk about states' rights, that is just that 
buzz term. Mm-hmm. We, if, if you don't know, and if you don't know and you're listening, I, I don't know how your friends will either because you got to be educated to know this dude. Um, same thing with Mr. Mark. Same thing. Tell me your name again, man. Dwayne Moore. Mr. Mr. Dwayne Moore. I had to make sure you all got a shout out. <laughs> now, here's the thing. States' rights, that terminology originated um, – close to the Civil War, and we know why. It was the state's rights to do what? To own black folks, right? Because mm-hmm. they didn't like niggas. Uh, see, and I did that on purpose. Cause, y'all, and we say nigga more than, more than white people. We do. We do. We do. And for all y'all niggas listening saying, no, we don't. Yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now. Yeah, the Democratic Party did that. Now. now <laughs> I can't resist. I can't resist. I can't, hey, I'm just. Don't I, do that. Don't do that. Now. <laughs> Maybe forget what I was talking about specifically to states, states rights, rights. And, and what you said. I, I I do believe that local government is so utterly important because just from Birmingham to Montgomery, the two places I have lived the longest in my adult life, there's some things in Birmingham that if we enacted legislation, that shit wouldn't work in Montgomery for for better or worse, right? But but when we when we're talking about on a large on a larger scale, I don't ever want it want to see it get to a point where women or we're talking about black men. That's the theme of today's show. Mm-hmm. Or black men are more protected in a Georgia than in Alabama. I do not want to have to go live somewhere else because I have more rights there. That that come, come on, bro. Well, that was free will. That's why. Let's what? Let's let's take let's take. Guns. Okay. For example, all right, the people of New York, local, New York City, Mm -hmm. say, uh uh, no guns here. You cannot own a gun in New York City, period, point blank. Mm -hmm. All right. So, that, in my opinion, you got 10 million people in such a small area that makes a lot of sense to me. All right. What is your problem with that? So t- not, nothing, nothing. But that's different than what that that is different than what you just said. Oh well, I'm sorry. Let me let me be sure. I'm saying what I'm saying is just like the people in New York have a right to say we don't want handguns in this area. I feel that in the Bible Belt. Of people where 80-something percent of the population is Christian. Mm-hmm. I think those pe- those 80% of people ought to be able to dictate what life is like around them. And not have that told to them by someone else. Somewhere else that doesn't understand the experience of living there. Okay, I, and, I, and I understand your thought process. Mm-hmm. I do. But that's why... God, which one of us said this? You have to take certain. You you do have to take certain things on a on a case by case basis because at the end of the day, local politics and what people fail to realize. Because if you look at the turnout and local elections versus national elections, it, it'll give you a fucking headache. Like it just it, it just will, right? I agree with you that local policy policies should be the linchpin on how we live. We just have federal policies. As protections, right? So because because I don't disagree, the way we live here in in Alabama is different than in California. But what what I was trying to counter uh, counter act what you said uh, from from a thought process is I do not want to have to go live somewhere else because because large scale large 
encompassing laws exist, that means I have more rights in that state next door than I do here in this entire state. If I don't like how things are legislated in Birmingham, guess what? I can move just a little bit north or south, and, and, and it might be a little bit different. To give you your, your New York City example, right? Because that's in New York City. But here's the difference between your theoretical argument, right? And that's literal, real jurisdictional lines. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, you can't just arbitrarily say... People from this latitude and this longitude. No, we're saying we all live under the laws of the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that that's why I'm saying, like, if you go to straight jurisdictions, be it statewide, be it local, be it county, whatever the case may be, all I'm saying is the people within certain jurisdictions should have the the the, the latitude to decide certain things for themselves. Okay, so now what where the debate lies right now is does this is this a a, a constitutional right? Is this uh somewhere for the United States government to come in and say these are your rights, this is one of your rights versus people saying no, it's not a constitutional right. It can be a right guaranteed by the states but not by the United States Constitution. That is, that's basically the, the crux of the debate. That's the crux of the argument. And all I'm saying here is that I don't want the United States of America to guarantee abortion. Okay, so I got two questions. Mm-hmm. Is the Constitution a living, breathing document open to interpretation? Absolutely not. Uh, no, it's not. Absolutely not. It is said to be. That's what it's supposed to be. But it is not. But it is and, not. And, and mind you, all of my answers are going to be about what is, how things are. Okay. Not, not you know, some pie in the sky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so the, the reason I asked that question, because I was looking for a specific example, right? We talk about the Constitution as not being living and breathing, but the Constitution also for a good while said that all of us in here was three-fifths of a person. Right. It did. Correct. And then people voted, voted. for it to change. Okay. So okay. where I'm where I'm going with this is I'm simply saying this is where I'm voting. Now, I'm going to live under whatever we decide as an American. I'm going to live under whatever we decide as a, as a, um, in, as a state, as a member, of, as an Alabamian. But all I'm simply saying here is some people think, some, some people believe that, the, that there should be things on the Constitution. This is how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Some people believe things should be on the Constitution that I don't. I disagree with it, and that's all I'm saying. So, now, if you want to do that in your state, I don't feel over here is Alabama. I should be the one saying, no, no. So to pull us back to a spe- the, the specific topic, Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. the right to choose, right? Mm-hmm. That the, the, the original SCOTUS decision for Roe v. Wade was based around the right to privacy. Someone tell, someone, someone tell me what amendment it was because I'm blanking right now. It, it, was, it the, was it the 14th? 
Yeah, no, no 15. It, it, it was 14 or 15. 15. The, 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 point, the point is, whatever amendment they interpreted was based around the right to privacy. Right. And now we and now we've we flipped it, right? So specifically speaking to one of the things that we've talked about, when we take away that protection for pro-choice based on the right to privacy, what I wanted people to understand that right when that happened, Ted Cruz was one of them because because I know you like for people to talk in specifics. Yes, I know he's not an Alabamian, but Tuberville's dumb. He gonna do whatever Ted Cruz tell him to do. So he so one of the next things that they talked about going after was Loving v. Virginia, and now you getting into territory where you do have the potential to harm me because if you go after Loving v. Virginia, what so so I'm, so what's Loving v. Virginia? That that was that was the uh, the case that said y'all in the South can't tell these black folks and white folks they. Can't can't marry each other. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, Oberfell, Oberfell, what, what was uh, the ones that was um, right to privacy based on gay marriage? Mm-hmm. So, and the reason I'm bringing up those two, Ted Cruz specifically was talked about Oberfell, and then the next one right behind him was uh, right behind that was Loving v. Virginia. So, when when you start to pull at these amendments, what what bothers me is. That train is never late. That train is never late. And that eventually I start to lose rights. And, and they're telling me that they're coming for specific decided cases that, that did give me equal rights and protections. Loving v. Virginia being the, the example think, that I'm using. Yeah, but Loving v. Virginia isn't being discussed. So let's at least talk about what's being discussed. And I think... Th- what is being discussed that they're going after next is um, gay marriage. Oberfell. Okay. Is the, is the court case. It's the Supreme Court case. So I'm just saying, you brought a case that really, they're not trying to strip that one. Yes, but they but, are but trying that, to. Go ahead. But, so, so okay. The, the um, oh gosh, because I'm excited, because I don't ever get to talk. So I'm, uh, <laughs> 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 now my job is to sit here and spin records. <laughs> The uh, what what party is it that Amy Coney Barrett is a, a member of? You you got to go. Yeah. So a- Amy Con- Coney Barrett, whatever party it is that she supports, and I'll be less than thirty seconds because I know you got to get out of here, Mark. So what the, the these Supreme Court cases that they said they were going after the first one, that the, the their number one thing they had to stick a sword in was Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Next was Oberfell, mm-hmm. and third is, is is they verbally said Loving v. Virginia, and I didn't just pull that out of my, my out of my ass. Ted Cruz talked about Oberfell that day, mm-hmm. and it, it was and Rubio was was talking about you know there are cases we want to revisit Loving v. Virginia being one of them. So the reason I brought that up is there, there, there's a domino effect. I'm going to I'm going to um, hold your thought. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm going to. Throw it out there that in all probability, there's something else in loving. All right? We'll come back to that. And go ahead and leave us with some parting shots since you got to go. First of all, thank you. It was wonderful being here. Uh, I think this is very necessary for black men. Yeah. We need spaces where, where we can be very focused on us because in the real world, in our real lives, we are constantly focused on everyone around us. So, man, I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully after the midterms, we'll start seeing this country get on the right track. All right. Um, I had told you to hold your thought. Remember? We were talking. I, I said that 
without knowing, you know, I don't have any notes or mm, anything. Mm, mm, mm. I don't, I seriously doubt that the loving decision, whatever they were going after, I'm saying I don't think anybody has a problem with interracial marriage. I, I would just dare to say there's something else in that decision in that, that decision. they're tackling. Well, That's all. again, but I might be wrong. No, no, none of us, none of us could remember if it was 14A or 15A, where we talked about the right to privacy. Mm-hmm. But Roe v. Wade leaned on one of those, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then this this decision that dropped this summer, they was like, no, that that, that was wrong. And the, the the rhetoric behind that were all these other cases that they wanted to go after. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Oberfeld doesn't affect me. I do know people it affects, and that sucks for them. Mm-hmm. Loving v. Virginia, that that could it does it does affect me whether mm-hmm. I want to admit it or not. It actually affects one of my best friends. So so the point that I was trying to make is when we start picking apart certain cases, Roe v. Wade being one of them. The the, the reason I want certain things solidified is. Down that line, there's a domino with my name on it. No, I, I completely get what you're saying. And, like, let's just say as far as it relates to Roe v. Remember, the argument, as far as I remember it, as mm-hmm. far as I know it, is that, you know, the Constitution of the United States of America does not guarantee the right to an abortion. Now, that that is the language that has been presented to me, and that is the language that I am formulating my thoughts and responding to. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was I was actually listening. I mean, it, it, you know, and I, I, I agree, but, you know, again, you know, originally— when you when when it relates to how it impacts me as an individual, per, you know per se, listening to what you're saying about the domino effect, I mean I think that's across the board. If we look at any you know of these issues, any of these policies, you know at some point there's going to be some family member that's extended from me that's going to have it's going to have an impact and effect to. But me personally, it does not. You know, but I I, I do I do understand. As, as we talked about earlier, if we get in a position to where going back to uh, local, going back to national, if we get in a position to where, OK, from a national standpoint of view, we're going to put these policies in place that governs all 50 states. I don't agree with that. I'm, I'm with you on that because, you know, let's let's just look at it from this perspective. I'm from California. OK, so now. Approaching 50, would I want to retire in California? No, I don't want to retire in California because now the impact for me is I got kids, I got grandkids. So Alabama being the bowel belt, me and my wife, when we moved here, we had no plans of staying here forever. But when we got here and we realized this may be a better place for a family. So if we fell under national regulation, would that change how this state, you know, would that change this state? Would now this state looks like a Chicago, look like a New York, look like California? So I, I agree with you. I don't think we should nationally govern our, our local um, policies and our local laws. When, when it's said and done, right, what, what I'm trying to get at is this. 
we've talked about, you know, we could go on, but I, I just want to keep the issues in at hand, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. If you, and it, this is what's going to happen, but let's, I just want to point it out. We are about to go to the polls mm-hmm. to vote on issues that we weren't, we didn't have the balls to go put our issues on them. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, let's stop being so led and misled that we are out here having debates. You know, we, this yeah, is yeah, all yeah. in love. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, people are out here fighting, like you said, rhetoric, but hate speech. Mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. these things are going on about issues that don't have nothing to do right. with us. And, and right. so to, to your specific question, mm-hmm. right, we're talking about black men. So first off, let me say this. Every single one of y'all listening, I'm, I'm speaking to black men that believe your vote doesn't matter, kiss my ass. Because if that, if that were true, there would not be so many people still to this day trying to take it away from you. And if you want a specific, if you want a specific, the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act is, has been sitting for, what, four years now? That all? Six. Six. I was about to six, say. Six. Yeah. I'm saying six. Six mm-hmm. years. Six years. has just been sitting for six years now. So... Black man, I want you to understand this. Your vote does matter. I, I understand. and Because I, I was reading through the specifics of the Democratic Party platform. I told you I pulled it up. And, and, and their messaging, if you parse it down, is geared towards black women. And, and, and the reason why... The reason, but it is, it is. I, 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 we can off air. I'll show you. I, I, I'll show you because I was reading and I was like, I was like, I, I was like, bro, I understand what you're saying, but, but. The, who, who 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 do people speak to? They they typically speak to the people that they know are going to support them, right? But right, right or wrong, ahead. right or wrong. Yeah. Okay, so 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 I so I understand that thought process. But where you and I veer off course because I agree with you right down to where you're saying, all right, we need to go vote more Republican as black men in the state of Alabama because we can get our issues on the ballot. That's that that's where you and I diverge. Mm. Beca- oh no, go ahead. Not, I I disagree for the simple fact that we've not decided what our issues are. Okay, we disagree on their issues, boss. So <laughs> we we look at we look at black women's issues differently. We have not decided what black men's issues. We've not come together on a platform. So let me let me ask because maybe I misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So is your thought process that that as black men? Yeah, I, I, you just said this. So you did just say we need to come together and decide what our platform is. I got that. Mm-hmm. But in the current right now, did I misunderstand you when you said when I thought you said as black men we needed to vote Republican because they're gonna win anyways? All right, let's let's this let's bring that home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about that that subject and that issue. Okay, personally, here again, I personally have conservative fiscal views as well as social views. That is me. I dare to say most of my peers are both fiscally and socially progressive. 
within with within the black with if, if I looked at my black male friends, if I looked at all of my friends is one thing, but if I look at my black male friends, there is definitely a significant number. I won't say how big, but there is a real tangible number of black men who are one anti-gay. Let's not let's keep it 100. They are not for that. Number two, most black people had their babies, boss. I mean, that's that's just the that's the facts. That's that's our culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when 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 I look at my black male friends who are my age, we're all pretty doggone conservative, just like you said. You you decided with your wife, but I rather live here and raise grandkids and kids. Most of us are here again. My peers in the state of Alabama tend to be very conservative in their view. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at here. We should stop being beholden to either party. We should not, we should, number one, we should be a moving target so that every election, Democrats, Republicans, males, females, and everything in between is courting our block. All right? For one, we don't, as, as men, black men particularly, we don't talk like this. This, this. this isn't necessarily how we get down and what we're talking about. All right? So when I say, um, black men should start voting conservative. I'm talking about those of us who strategically can and should do so. How am I saying strategically? Geographically, right? We're in the state of Alabama. You're a black man. You live in Trustville. Why are you voting Democrat? Why are you voting Democrat? You know what I'm saying? Like, you are strategically, a Democrat is not going to win that state Senate seat or that state representative seat. Why are you, the the, the Democrat is not going to win governor. The Democrat, it, why would you not participate in the primary, in the Republican primary that most of the people around you are participating in, and you vote for the person that's not so far right. I understand your question. So that math ain't math in balls. And 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 here's here, here's what I here's what I mean by that. So to use your trustful example, mm-hmm. let's just let's just talk about a, a gubernatorial race. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, yes, the Democrat is probably not going to win. Is not is not going to win in the state of Alabama right now. In the last election cycle, and I know we're talking about Alabama, but in the last election cycle, Georgia turned purple, right? Um, Biden Biden won. Before you finish, mm-hmm. there are three hundred and some thousand registered. Republicans in the state of Alabama and 150 some Democrats. I, I understand that. I, I understand that math. Georgia is a terrible example. Okay, but but that took that took decades. That took decades of on the ground work and not saying, well, fuck it, we can't never win, so let's just all go over here. Be- 
I didn't say that. So I per I specifically purposefully have been very clear. I'm not talking about everybody. Right, but 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 you're using Alabama as an example. Yes. Listen to what I'm saying. If you are a black man mm -hmm. that lives in Birmingham, mm -hmm. all me, right, me, you, you, us, us. No, you. Okay, me, me. I don't live in Birmingham. He don't live in Birmingham. Y'all stay at home. Who? Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a black man, okay, that lives in Birmingham, it makes sense to you because your all of your representatives. Mm -hmm. Are going to be black people. They're going to be Democrats. It makes sense. You have an input on who is representing you specifically. I, okay? You, you now, know where I stay. That's on. not true. What I'm saying here. There is a guy mm -hmm. who lives in Birmingham. There's a black man who lives in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense. He wants to have... He wants to pull the lever for um, John Rogers mm -hmm. to represent him in the state legislature. Okay. And so regardless of, of whether we're going to have a Democratic governor, whether we're going to have a Democrat that's a lieutenant governor or any statewide um, office, it doesn't matter because he's interested in his state legislative Race. That's what's important to him. Okay. That dude needs to vote Democrat. I'm not talking to him. I'm not. He is not the person that I'm talking to. So who are you talking to? The person that I'm talking to is the black guy that lives in Mountain Brook. Close down there. His, yeah. his state representative ain't never going to be a Democrat. His nowhere along his line is there going to, uh, of elected officials is there going to be a Democrat? So why are you voting Democrat over there? Right, and 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 that's that's where we diverge because to, politics politics right now and for the foreseeable future are going to come down to identity, right? Okay, man, here, here, here what you're about to say. You are contradicting yourself because if you vote for a Democrat, you live in Mountain Brook, you voting Democrat, you wasting your vote. No, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, you are. Because yes, you, you, you're about to go down this road of what Georgia got to and you got to fight. I, 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 I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about Georgia. right now, and, right today, this, yeah. this upcoming, this upcoming election. If you are a black man living in the middle of of a white community, you are wasting your vote. No, you're not. So no, what, you're so, not. So does that not go back to... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant at the primary point. I really didn't... I didn't mean at this point, but go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But does that not still go back to... Does that individually affects you, impacts you, or are you voting based off of someone that... you you, you If it makes sense... I, I think I understand where you're trying to go with this, but I understand truly his perspective. That goes back to what I said earlier. Now I look at my life where I live in the Greystone community. Will I ever vote Democrat? Even if I was, let's just say, even if I was in the middle and, 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 and I'm, I'm brand new to politics, but I understand who's representing me and why they're representing me. So now does it just go back to, as we talked about earlier, 
because I'm concerned about the other community. I'm concerned about how it impacts them. So I'm going to cast my vote over on the other side of town when it don't have an impact on me over in Greystone. I want, I, I really want to hear this, please. <laughs> you don't fuck me up at this point. So, so what I was trying to get to, because you, Mountain Brook, you're talking about Mountain Brook mm-hmm. as an example. So this black man in Mountain Brook, he's voting Democrat, he's throwing his vote away. The reason I say he's not and the reason I disagree is that over over time, and I'm not even talking about Georgia, o- over time, the identity of groups of people as, as far as how they identify with these people care about me, therefore I should vote to them. It can, it can be shifted. It can be shifted. And change and progress do happen over longer periods of time. So if he's just – he, because we're talking about this. this tell, me, tell me right now how – his vote is working. I'm just do that. So, so his vote is working to show that there is still a belief that in in this particular area, I don't have to go over here where where he believes that there are people whose policies and so forth harm him. All right, now, let me let me let me show you. And I'm not trying to be funny. Let me show you how stupid we are. <laughs> Let me show you how stupid we are. Seriously. That's fair. Here is a here's a primary. Mm-hmm. All right. Dem, on the Democratic with this, I live in Mountain Brook. All right. Black man live in Mountain Brook. I'm I'm walking into a primary election. On the Democrat side, I have a progressive and I have a moderate. Okay? Somebody Believe, you know, damn near socialist, you know, worldwide health care for free and da da da. Everything free, everything free, all the way to a moderate Democrat, okay? That whole nine yards. In the Republican primary, you have a pro Trump Republican and an anti Trump Republican. Are you telling me? That it is more value, my vote is more valuable to prove a point than it is to vote for the motherfucker against Donald Trump. Is that what you're saying? No, no, because I, because I, because I understand the nuance behind behind what that's, you're saying. But that's my point. My point is that if you are geographically in a certain situation where the Democrat ain't going to prevail, you are wasting your vote because you're allowing all those fools that support Trump. The the the, the Republican that's running against him ain't okay. getting no okay. votes. Okay, but, but to, your, to your same point, therefore, statistically speaking, there's not going to be statistically enough votes on the other side to be pulled to keep that to, you, to keep that pro Trump motherfucker wrong, out. Wrong. I'm, I, Here's sh- what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. We are a voting block mm-hmm. that needs to be focused on our platform. Okay, I understand so far. If our platform is being championed by either side, that's where we need to be. All right, that's established. Let me let me be clear. Yes. All right. We, we agree there. We if, agree if there. Somebody is sitting there completely on your side. That's where you need to go. Yes. Right. Yes. Now, under 
extenuating circumstances. In extenuating circumstances, right, there are times where geographically, statistically, however you want to look at it, there are times where, sorry, y'all, we got people coming and going. There are times where you are, um, what am I trying to say here? Let me say it this way. There are times when races are blowouts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are times that races are very, very close. Yes, that is, yes. And going back to our original point about whether we're wasting a, vo- a vote or not, right? Mm-hmm. In that imaginary um, scenario mm-hmm. I gave you, let me establish some things. Okay. And then maybe it'll be clearer. Okay. All right? Let's establish some things. In the Republican primary, you have um, a mm, a Katie Britt type figure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A uh, uh, um, I'm. It's hard for me to name a whole lot of Republicans in the state of Alabama that um, are not. Crazy Trumpers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, but let's just say that there, you know, you got Trump on in in the primary, mm-hmm. and then there's this other Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's say now this is really possible: um, the governor of Florida and Trump in the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I am be, I am going diving at the Florida governor as it replaced as as it relates to him running against Trump. I'm not. I'm You'd not. rather have Trump what's the dude's name? DeSantis. Um, DeSantis. You're talking about you talking, talking about DeSantis. Yeah. Um specific You'd rather have specific specific to, to, to your example I, I would rather that that is like that is literally an impossible question for me to answer. But 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 I'm gonna break it down for you. Yeah. When people were talking about man, we need we we need to get an impeachment, and I was like, you do know impeached doesn't mean removal. Okay, impeached and removed. And I was like, then you got fucking Mike Pence, who is a career politician that all. Man. So, but so so, so because I'm answering your question, I'm answering your question. Let it let him back in. Mm-hmm. A, a career politician knows how to get their legislation passed. If you look at the shit Pence did in. Indiana, and you, that's what y'all wanted in the office. So, to, so to answer your your question, that that is that is impossible because Trump was smart enough to surround himself with people that said, "Okay, this is how we're going to make this train move." Right? This is how we're gonna get this. Let you all over the place. Seriously, man, I'm asking it, and and this is this is real easy. Okay, okay? the state of Alabama okay. is going to put forward. A, they're going to vote for a Republican. Yes. All right. Tuber will prove that. Period. Now, so if I'm living in Mountain Brook, I am voting not only for president, vice president, the Senate, and all these other things, right? Now, 
I, you know, given your scenario, let's just say I'm a Democrat and I, I, I want to vote for Joe Biden or such and such. All right. Now, to prove a point and to show that Democrats are over here in Mountain Brook, I'm not going to vote in the primary that chooses between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. Uh, okay, now 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 I, now I understand your example. So that right down to the primary. So because ultimately, just because you vote one way in the primary doesn't mean you have to vote the same way in the, in the general election. I I don't disagree with that, but maybe I'm just jaded. I don't think enough people have the mental capacity or nuance to understand that who's talking to them let let me let me be sure you understand something here it's about the five maybe five percent of my friends will listen to this and understand it Mm -hmm. and process it most of these idiots don't vote (laughs) most of my Mm -hmm. dumb ass friends will never hear me calling their ass stupid right now because they don't care when Iva is talking about politics and voting and strategy and things like that. I'm not, dude, I'm not trying to talk to them. I'm not trying to change minds. I'm not trying to do anything. What I'm doing is speaking to some specific black men to say, you know what? In those close-ass elections, shit would be smart for us to be on the same page. I had you muted because you went to the restroom. Uh, true. <laughs> that that that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, hey everybody, let's run for the hills. Hey everybody, leave the Democratic Party, leave the Republican Party, leave the. Li-. No. What I'm saying is to the few people in cocktail parties that I have talked to that happen to live you know, in certain geographical Mm -hmm, areas mm -hmm. or they're surrounded by certain nuances. and I'm talking to them, only to them, only to them. I'm talking to the black dude that is pro-life, even though his mom, his sister, everybody around them is pro-choice, but secretly he pro-life. I'm talking to that dude who really, you know, um, he likes Republican um, fiscal policies because he's the first rich motherfucking black person in his in his family. And so everybody else is poor. Everybody else does believe this way. But shit, that that'll kick a, 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 a hole in his pocket. True. I'm talking to that dude. You see what I'm saying? I'm not talking to everybody. All I'm saying here is that you should be going to the polls to vote for something that benefits you. Okay. All right? Okay. Right. And, and when let's, let's look at um, the primaries here in the state of Alabama. You saw me. I worked my ass off to say, hey, for those of you who are not you know, hell bent on a certain way. I sure hope you will consider voting in the Republican primary. You did. You did. 
And we have we have numbers to prove to show how many people left the Democratic primary, how, how many voted in the primary before it. It was it had been done before, just to be honest, just to tell, you know, uh, Joe Reed. Um, mobilized. Democrats to vote for Greg Byrne, if I remember it was. The, the AEA came out in droves to vote for, for him. No, they came to vote for um, Bentley. Mm-hmm. They I, came I out in droves to vote for Bentley so that Greg Byrne wouldn't win. Mm-hmm. Likewise, all I'm saying here. I'm not trying to move anybody, relocate anybody. If you are if you are gung ho on what you're doing, I support you in it. Because I would rather I genuinely would rather you ha- have you vote than not have you vote. But all I'm saying here is, man, as black men, we gotta start going to vote for some shit that that benefits us. And as it relates to fiscal policy. And as it relates to social issues, I'm sorry. I was I was raised in a black church in the state of Alabama. So you know what comes with that. <laughs> 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 Go ahead. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think that, you know, uh, again, as black men, you know, it, and, and I like how, you know, just a while ago, we all was, you know, I, I, that was one topic. Uh, I think we got on the financial aid topic and then how, how it, we all had it, it impacted us in a certain way. And how many black men that's living in the state of Alabama that these policies have an impact on, but they're not showing up to vote. And I think that I want to encourage. Let me hold your thought. I, that's another thing I wanted to get back. I wanted to say. That's a lie. Black men do vote. 98% of black women vote Democrat. 96. 93. 93% of men. Mm. So that tells you how valuable the vote is. Mm. For the difference of that 5%, they willing to go all in for women. Mm. So like, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just throwing that out there to say, stop letting people tell us we don't vote because what ends up happening is we won't go vote. We'll start believing that shit. And in the 2020 election, it was three percent less um, than than the historical average. It was 90 percent black men Democrat. It was down from 93. That's right, but it's still in the 90s. It, but it's still, it's still in the 90s. You know what I'm good. saying? Yeah, yeah. Which is That's which true. is the point I'm. Yeah. Wanting to lift up and remind us, we we got we have a voting block, and it's time now. You know, I personally, everybody laughs, you know, at me because I'm such a a, a K. Ivy fan. All right, <laughs> we'll 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 close. I want to close on this. Um, you know, everybody, it's easy to vilify K. Ivy when you say, um. She won't spend all that money on new new prisons instead of instead of putting it on mental health and yada yada and this and doing this and but you stupid idiots. 
she wouldn't be elected if she was toting the, the, the platform you want her to tote. All right? So I look at it like this. Every governor before her wanted to keep our black asses on the ground. Every governor before her didn't want to give us new beds, didn't want to give us enough room so we didn't have to sleep on the floor. Every governor before her didn't care about nutrition. Every governor before her didn't care about there being a mental health wing. Every governor before her didn't do shit. So instead of comparing her against this shiny figure that exists in your mind, the governor of California, instead of thinking that Governor Gavin Newsom is going to show up and somehow get elected here, you need to look at the fact that at least our brothers and sisters will be in new facilities. Mm. At least she cared enough to put us in new facilities. At least she cared enough. You know what? No, nah, she didn't give a, a billion dollars to HBCUs, but she gave more than every governor before her. And so my point is that here again, as we develop platforms, as we look at candidates, stop comparing that person against this far left figure that ain't going to get elected here. Instead, think strategically. And say, you know what? I really could care less which Democrat is going to go to Montgomery and not get shit done. Mm. Instead, I'm going to vote in the primary that is going to get stuff done. You know what? I can go vote for Katie Britt in the primary and turn around and vote for Will Boyd in the um no, he's running for lieutenant governor. I forgot who's running against him. But no, Will Boyd, he's running against him. It is Katie Will Britt. Boyd. Yeah. So I personally am voting wholeheartedly for Katie Britt. But I'm just saying I you don't have to participate. You don't have to vote right in the general election. Uh, so, 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 because I, I want to put some nuance to what you're saying, mm -hmm. because that is where we agree. I think we didn't get to discuss where we diverge. So, so for y'all slow asses, this is what he's trying to tell you. In the primary, you can go and vote and separate, to give your specific example, to separate the DeSantis and the, and the Trump to get that crazy motherfucker off the ballot. But you can turn around in the general election and go vote for Biden. So what you so what you effectively did, what you effectively did is you actually strengthened your depending on how your you did platform. it. Your platform. You actually strengthened two things: your platform, platform, and your in-game person that you was gonna fucking vote for anyway. Is it that's perfect? Did I just say yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. Because what y'all don't understand, because I was pushing you to get, to, I was trying to make you say that. What y'all what y'all don't understand that. Let me let me not say that because I'm not gonna get blown up in your Facebook comments. What too many people? Because <laughs> you know what that sounded like, right? <laughs> but what too many people don't understand is this: politics is a strategy. Yeah. It's not a fucking feeling. Stop with this. I feel like I feel like you have to understand the strategy behind. Okay, 
I really do need on a local level to go ahead and say to say fuck it. I, I'm going to look not just at the primary um, in the Republicans. I need to look and say where I live right here. Where you use Mountain Brook as an example, there's no way the Democrats are going to win. I need to understand this is who I'm voting for on the Republican ticket in the primary and in the general election because this per I want this person to win. The part that that blue person over there can't motherfucking win. And up above that, up above that, if you not if when when you do say okay in the in the primaries I went this way to get this crazy motherfucker off the ballot right now Trumpism is a thing it is right down to a local level and then if you want to turn around in the general election because your candidate that is blue does have a close chance to win okay we get it but we're just asking y'all to think a little bit deeper than I'm blue because I'm blue because I somebody told me the Republicans said fuck you like them bars don't it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I like that perspective and and you know again I, I and maybe that's what I was alluding to when I say about you know black men going out to vote you know understanding you know what the what the policies are understanding you know what are we fighting for and I think you know you, the closure I think was very important yeah. because you know at at the end of the day you know we have, as black men we you know each individual black man have to understand what is his fight. And what is not his fight. Yeah. So, and I think that's very important. Yeah. And I think that the more, you know, black men, you know, it, it becomes a growth mechanism. I think that the more black men grow, they're understand really. I mean, think about it, you know, as I said earlier, the 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 immature side of me was okay, this is where I'm going because this is what big mama, this is what mama, this is what they told me. And as I start to mature and grow. And understand, like, okay, this is who I am today. Now, I'm going to make the best decision for who I am today. And I, I do understand that there's a vast majority of black men who are still young. They have not been exposed. They they don't understand. So what I will encourage, you know, black men to do is educate yourself in uh, in politics. And that's where you understand from a state, a local, um, as well as a national. I mean, and I'm, I'm not trying to throw... Jefferson County out there by saying this, um, somebody came to me today and they was they were saying, hey, did you know we was in a $14 million deficit for sports entertainment? Like, why did we take that money for world games? Why did we take, not trying to cross up, but why did we take that money for world games and, and supporting the USFL this year when we still got only one magnet school in Birmingham City? And so that became a question of how, how do we, well, who did you vote for? Right. You know, did you understand who you was voting for? Right. Did you understand what his campaign led? So I think, you know, this is our state. This is our country. You got to understand policies. You, you got to. You really do. Um, and, well, let, let me say this. You don't. You don't have to. And then you need to understand that, you know, as the saying goes, either you're sitting at the table or you're what's for dinner. Yeah. And, and if and if you and if people choose not to educate themselves, just understand these things are happening to you, and you have no say so in it. But what we're simply saying is, to a small group of black men, hey, there's some brothers over here who think just like you, physically, socially. Um, I don't. And 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 I I want to use the gay thing as as a perfect example, you know, 
am I, um, what do they call it when you're phobic? Um, homophobic. Homophobic. Am I homophobic? No. I don't care what you do in your bedroom, right? I don't like a whole, I don't like sex scenes in a movie between a man and a woman. I, I don't think that's necessary. I don't, I don't think our sexuality has to be broadcast and in your face. And here again, I'm conservative. I'm conservative. And so if, 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 if it's on the ballot, whether, uh, um, um, Homosexual marriage and all that stuff is on the ballot. I'm, I'm voting no. I'm, I'm not for that. But if it passes, hey, cool. That's all I'm saying. But I, I have a, I have specific things that I look for in candidates, certain values, and and I hope they win. And in the state of Alabama, I personally think that, not necessarily saying men in Birmingham, not necessarily saying men in Huntsville, in Montgomery proper, in Tuscaloosa, because there are a lot of other urban votes. But if you're living in a rural area, if you're li- living in a, in a, in a, a boutique suburb, I, I, I think I think then maybe your vote isn't as strong as it could be.